Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. Tell it slower, but um, 
I, uh, as drunk golfer, was in a thunderstorm, and of course, when you're golfing, you're swinging the club, and it's a metal club, at least it used to be. Nowadays, they're graphite, but uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he was swinging the club, and somebody warned him he needed to get out of the weather because of the lightning, and in his arrogance, he reached into his bag, and he pulled out a one iron. If you've never golfed, this won't make any sense, but the, the one iron, hardly anybody has them in their bag. Uh, but they are extremely difficult to hit with, uh, just the way they're made, and, and you have to be very good. And he took the one iron, and he held it toward the sky, and he said, not even God can hit a one iron. And he found out that God can hit a one iron when the lightning struck it, and, and uh, that was it for him. But we, we tend to be arrogant many times and think, think that, that, that we are the end-all and the be-all and all of that. And we forget that, that there's a God. And we forget what God is and what God does and how God is. There's a story that is fascinating in the Bible. And, and, uh, and if you'll read about uh, Daniel and you'll read about the experiences that he had with uh, the three Hebrew children and also with that Nebuchadnezzar, you find Nebuchadnezzar was a man that had a problem, just a little bit of a problem with pride. He considered himself to be quite the fellow. But he also, at times, would listen to the voice of God. And there's a story in the second chapter of Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. I know that most of you have heard this story, but he has a dream. The problem with the dream is, is that he can't remember what the dream is. And uh, what happened and what were the contents of the dream uh, were. And so he calls, the Bible says he called the Chaldeans. And this is a, a, a race of people that existed at that time. But they were also well known for the ability to be prognosticators and soothsayers and magicians and all of that sort of thing. They were astrologers. And he called them and he said, I need you to tell me what the interpretation of this dream is. And, and, uh, and I, it's gone from me. And they said, well, if you could tell us, if you could tell us what the dream was, we'll give you an interpretation of that dream. And the king looked at them. He was very mad. He said, I knew you would do this to buy time. I knew you were going to try to do this. And I'm just going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you and your family, everybody else cut up. I'm going to take care of you. And, and uh, became very, very angry. And they were like, we got nothing, King. We don't, we don't know. Because they were, they were charlatans and they were fakers. And, and they had always pulled it off really good before. They had been able to, to, uh, to, to, to play the king like a fine fiddle, if you will. But this time... They had nothing, and they knew they had nothing, and the king knew they had nothing. Amen. And uh, he was pretty angry about it. And so they went out and began to gather all of the wise men of the land, and, and they happened to, in, the, in this, uh, what do you call it when the, they, they go sweep or the cops get a, they, they call it something. A raid. Uh, they did a raid, but it's whatever they're sweeping everybody up and something like that. Uh, they did one of these things. They began to sweep everybody up. There was a uh, um, a um, 
a, a, a wise man and they brought Daniel in. Daniel said, oh, just, just, just a second now. Let's talk about this before we start killing people. And, uh, and he came to Daniel and, um, and, and Daniel, or the king looked at him and said, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? And the Bible says that Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers show to the king. Uh, I, th this dream, they're not able to. But then he said this, but there is a God in heaven. Amen. Amen. And right there he made a statement that's kind of, it was like, there's all of these guys who think they know this and they think they've got it figured out, but this trumps the whole thing. There is a God in heaven. They may be fakers and they may be charlatans, and I want you to understand something. The religious world is filled with fakers and frauds and charlatans, but in spite of that, there is a God in heaven. Amen. I've run into the fakers and the charlatans. Uh, Brother Michael in his teaching morning manner today was talking a few about a few of them. I've ran into them. I've seen them. I've met them. I've heard them. Uh, amen. There's been a time or two. They sounded almost convincing. Uh, amen. I've never really been fooled by them. Uh, but in spite of that and in the midst of that, there's one thing that I understand. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they tell us. Uh, there still is a God in heaven. If they make prophecies and they make predictions and they don't come true, it doesn't make any difference. There still is a God in heaven. If they stand there and tell you you're going to be healed of whatever you have and it doesn't work out, it doesn't make any difference. God still heals. If they make a prediction that Jesus is coming on such and such a day and he doesn't show up, it doesn't matter. There is a God oh, in heaven, yeah. and He's coming back for us. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Daniel began to lay out to him the dream and so on, and uh, and, and began to explain to him what was happening, and he hit it right on the head. It's a tremendous. I'm not going to go into the dream because that's not the focus of my message. But y'all read it. Read the second chapter. Of, um, of Daniel and read how Daniel begins to lay out he says there was an image that was in your dream and had a head of gold and, and there was a chest of silver and, uh, and then there was bronze and, and then there was iron and then there was a uh, uh, the clay and the iron mix, and he began to describe to him, these are the kingdoms uh, that are going to be coming, and, and there you go, there's the Persians, uh, amen, there, there's the, uh, and then we come down to the, to the, um, to the, to uh, the, the Greeks, and we come down to the, uh, the Chaldeans and the Greeks, and, and, uh, and, I, I can't, and the and the Romans and then the final kingdom that is coming at the end day and there's a rock that is carved out of the mountain and it'll crush it all, amen. And it was a prophecy of the end of time and so on and, and just uh, fascinating to read. If you've never read Daniel, you need to read the book of Daniel, amen. Read the book of Daniel, then read the book of Revelation, then go back and do it again, amen. You'll see the correlation between the two. It's fascinating, but but he just he just laid it out. There is a God in heaven. 
The psalmist wrote this, and I read it. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And I don't use a lot of uh, translations very often, but in the, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the CEV, I'm trying to remember what that stands for, but it's more of a, a modern deal. It says this, why do the nations plot and why do their people make useless plans? The kings of the earth have all joined together to turn against the Lord and his chosen one. I'm going to tell you something. The second chapter of Psalms is quite a chapter. Amen. It's quite a prophetic chapter right there. Amen. He said, and it says, they say, let's cut the ropes up and set ourselves free. It's talking about the arrogance. And you can read it in the King James if you like. But it's talking about the arrogance of man. They stand up against God. And they said, let's break the bonds. Amen. Let's break the bonds. Let's, let's, uh, let's get free from the, the things that God wants us to do. But then the scripture says this. And all of that. And I'm going to tell you what. You can look around the world today. And the world is trying to break free of God. Amen. They want nothing to do with God. But the Bible says in this one, see me, in heaven, the Lord laughs as he sits upon the throne, making fun of the nations. You say, really? Yes, God laughs at that. You really think that in your arrogance and in your supposed power, amen, that you're going to be able to, to, to resist me and, and, and do away with me. I'm going to tell you right now, there is a God it goes on and says that God becomes angry. It's interesting how we find the, the emotions of God at time. And you say, does God get emotional? Yes, he is. We were made in the image of God. Yes. And so the things that we do, the, the, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. And we understand that the jealousy of God is a, is a pure and righteous jealousy. But we get jealous sometimes. And usually when we get jealous, uh, amen, we, it's, it's not a good jealousy. Amen. And he said, the Bible says that God becomes angry at times. God is love. And we see the very same emotions uh, and things that drive us uh, also drive God. Amen. And why is that? Because we were made in the image of God. And God gave us those attributes. And God gave us those emotions. Uh, amen. And so that way, we have an understanding in the Bible when it talks about God in the flesh Jesus Christ, we begin to realize that we have a high priest that's been through the same things and understands the same things that we do. Amen. But God becomes angry and threatens them. His anger terrifies them. And then the Bible says something, and I'm just going to mention this real quickly. The Bible says something. There's a God in heaven. Why are the heathen raging? Why is all this going on? But then he says, I will put my king on Zion, the sacred hill. I will tell the promise, amen, the Lord made to me. Amen. This is in the contemporary English version. Amen. You are my son. I'm your father. Amen. And it goes on. It's talking about the Savior that's going to come. Even though God laughed at him, even though God was angry, he was going to robe himself in flesh one day and establish this kingdom. Serve and honor the Lord. Amen. I see that we have, we're living in a time when cultures, if you will, have risen up against God. The heathen are raging against the power and the might of the Almighty One. People don't like to be held accountable to God. 
One of the things that, that when you come across people who, I believe that one of the driving forces behind atheism is the desire to not be accountable. If there is no God in heaven, if there is no God that will hold you accountable, if there is no rule, and I, I watch these little videos, I listen to this stuff, and, and people will, will talk about things. But one of the one of the things that is mentioned a lot of times is, is if there is not a God, there is no higher power, there is no rules. You realize that? If there is no God, and there is no law, if you will. And if there is no God, there is no law. It is only laws that we make. But who says what's right and what's wrong? Amen. This is, I've mentioned this problem with democracy. True democracy is a tyranny. Amen. I don't know how many people are here. Maybe 60 or so. And uh, but, but if there's exactly 60 people and 31 of us in a true democracy decided to vote together, we're going to have a vote. We're going to have a vote right now. That uh, that uh, let's see that let's see there's there's a whole lot more people that are what they call people of color you know here today and uh, and so so then there is the white people so we're gonna vote to beat all the white people up that's from democracy here some of y'all say whoa go brother Nathan wait amen now we know that's wrong but why is that wrong. Amen. If there's no God, why is that wrong? If there's no rule, why is that wrong? Because we make our own rules. If there's no God, you can do anything you want to because you make your own rules. Thank God there's something that we follow along. Amen. That tells us how to live and how to be. Love thy neighbor as thyself, even if he is ugly. Amen. Amen. No matter what race they are, you love them anyway. Amen. Amen. And so, so we, we begin to understand here, amen, that uh, that, that there's, there's, and Sister Ariel was wanting to beat up on me. I said, yeah, man. We ain't going to have that vote right now, Sid. Amen. <laughs> amen. So, so we look at this stuff, and, and that's, but that's one of the things about atheism. Is that it, it makes you where you are not accountable. If there's no God, I can do what I want to. I can live like I want to. I can act like I want to. Amen. I can sin like I want to. Amen. If I if I get angry, I don't care if the Bible says be angry and sin not all in, I'll, I'll sin. I'll go punch somebody in the nose. If I want to live sexually immoral like I want, that's my business. If I want to steal. And that's why today in a society that has forgotten God, that people are beginning to act and live like animals. Why do you think they're going and busting into the windows and taking what they want? Because there is no law that they subscribe to. We look in the cities today in different places, uh, amen, where they're going in by the scores and busting into stores and taking everything they want to. Why? Because they have been taught that they are not responsible or accountable to anybody. Right. Yep. Amen. They beat people up. They do all kinds of stuff. The murder rates uh, are going up at tremendous uh, rates in the cities. Uh, almost every city in this country, the murder rate has went out of sight. Uh, 
Amen. Why? Because they don't believe they are accountable to anybody. There's lots of cultural and societal things that are going on. But when it comes, you know, everyone is right in their own eyes. I'm going to tell you something. There's a problem there. Whenever you all think you're right in your own eyes. You can guarantee, if you read Mein Kampf or whatever, that Adolf Hitler thought he was right in his own eyes. That's right. He thought he was justified in doing the things right. he did. Joseph Stalin thought he was justified in doing the things he did. Chairman Mao thought he was justified in doing the things he did. Pol Pot thought he was justified in killing the people in Cambodia. Amen. Maybe I, and, and, and they felt like they were doing the right thing. Amen. Because they had no accountability to the word of God. But there is a God in heaven. And there's a couple of things we need to keep in mind. One day, God is going to judge the earth. And God is going to judge the human race. Amen. Brother Michael was teaching this morning. He began to talk about revelations. Where they're going to stand. The Bible says everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. They're going to stand. And the book was opened. What is the book? It's the book of life. And the books are opened. Amen. I believe we've got a couple there. We've got the word of God. We've got the book of remembrance. Amen. That God puts down what's happened. And the books are open. And we are going to be judged from the books. Everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Because there is a God in heaven. I'm going to preach a long, long time. Now, we can look through history and it's replete with those that have counted God out. There was the garden and the serpent said, ah, you don't have to be accountable with God. God doesn't want you to eat of the fruit because he doesn't want, he doesn't want you to be like him. Amen. You see where Satan came in and said, if you let me touch Job, he'll curse you. Amen. We see the constant attacks and temptations against God's people. You see the destruction of Solomon's temple. You see the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The destruction of Jerusalem. That the diaspora. You see the persecution of the early church. Yeah, one time, somewhere in the second century, I believe it was, in Diocletian, he persecuted the church and he even had a coin cast saying that he had stabbed, extinguished. Uh, uh, Christianity and Christianity of today is a footnote in history. Michael Servatius, who preached truth when it came to the Godhead, was burned at the stake for preaching truth. But truth still stands. And from east to west, north and south, amen, true Christians have been stoned, they've been burned, they've been hung, they've been whipped, they've been beaten, they've been tortured and tormented in horrible ways. And even today, in parts of the world, in parts of of the Middle East, in China, in North Korea. Horrible, horrible things are being done to believers. Amen. The Bible has been banned. The Bible has been burned. The Bible has been corrupted. But even though the heathen rage, God's church, and the truth of the mighty God in Christ, and the new birth still stands. Amen. For years, modern and ancient society has tried various ways to quench truth. Idolatry and humanism go hand in hand. Romans wrote this. Uh, Paul wrote this to the Romans uh, in the first chapter. He says that they have changed uh, 
the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made unto like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. He said they have taken God and they have demoted him into idolatry and they made him to look like himself where the creature is higher than the creator. And in Psalms 115 and 2 says, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of a man's hand. Amen. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither they speak through their throat. And what the writer, the psalmist was saying is the heathen have said, where's your God? But they have taken and created gods that can't talk, can't smell, can't see, can't hear, can't walk, can't do anything. But then he says this, amen, oh Israel, trust thou in the Lord. Amen, oh house of Mary, trust in the Lord. Even fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help. Mankind has turned themselves into God. They've decided that they are their own God. Amen. But when it comes down to you can't heal yourself. That's right. You can't save yourself. The only escape you have when depression comes on is suicide. You're incapable. You're idol, your idol, which is yourself, will fail you. But there is a God in heaven. Amen. There's a God in heaven that saves. There's a God in heaven that heals. Amen. There's a God in heaven. Let me tell you something else. I'll put a scripture down before. Amen. He's not just in heaven. I'm going to put it way down here. Amen. But whenever Paul went up, and sometimes we think about God in that way, but I want to explain something to you real quickly. Paul went to the uh, Mars Hill. He said, You men of Athens, uh, Amen. Athens, I perceive that in all things you're due superstition. For I passed by, I saw your altar. It said, An unknown God. He said, I want to declare him unto you. He said, God made the world and all things therein, uh, saying, He's the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth uh, not in temples made with hand, uh, neither is worship with men's hands, uh, as though he needed anything. This is in Acts 17, chapter, seeing he gave it to all life, breath, and all things. Uh, Matt made of one blood all nations for men to dwell on the face of the earth. Have determined the times he's talking about God, the power of God, the omnipotence of God, the omnipresence of God. Amen. The omnipotence and all of that, omniscience. He's determined the time before appointed the bounds of the habitation. He says, and that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He was saying there is a God in heaven, but he's not just in heaven. He's right here with us right now. For in him we live and move. That's right, preach. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so glad I know that God yes. Amen. Society has tried to destroy him. Amen. Frank Nietzsche 
said God is dead. Voltaire predicted that in a hundred years from where, where, where he was that the Bible would be something you only found in a museum. And then a hundred years after that that we're making Bibles on the presses that he created his own works. Time Magazine asked the question, is God dead in 1965? Sam Harris wrote a book called The End of Faith. And today we see the constant predictions of God being dead and God. But God is in heaven. And God is here. And God is still real. And I'm telling you, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Because whatever they do and whatever they say, it makes no difference. God is real. There's no song that says, my God is real. He's real in my soul. Yes, yes. Oh, my God is real. Amen. For he has watched oh, and he's made me hope. Yes, his love for me yes. is like pure gold. My God is real. For I can feel it in my soul. Hallelujah. I know God is real. Why do I know God is real? Because in Him I move and I live and I have my being. And the power of the Holy Ghost flows through me. There is a God in heaven, but He also inhabits the temple of me. Haters of all things godly are dancing with glee on the concepts that they think that God is dead, but the devil celebrated before on a grave, and that grave opened up on the third day. Hallelujah. Isaiah wrote this in the 45th chapter, and I'm going to close here in just a moment. I think I am anyway. And, and, and preachers doing that saying, I'm going to close and then not closing, is a, an old tradition that started with the Apostle Paul. I believe you'll find, I can't remember whether it's Philippians or Galatians, at least twice before he closed, he said, finally, my brethren. <laughs> and then he went on and he said, finally, my brother. And they're like, is he ever going to stop? <laughs> I'm going to close here in a little bit. Isaiah 45 says this 20. Assemble yourself and come. Draw near together, ye that have escaped of the nation, that have no knowledge except the wood of their graven image, and pray unto God they cannot say. They have no knowledge that set up the wood. You escaped of the nation, they have no knowledge. They set up the wood of their graven image, and they pray unto God they cannot say. Amen. I'm not being critical. But there's so many social programs. And there's so many self-help ideas. Maybe I'd be a little critical. There's so many things out there that are trying to help you. Right. Here, here's, here's how you lose weight. I like those. I need those. Amen. Here's how you get to feeling better. Here's how you get a positive attitude. And here's how you can do certain things that will It'll, it'll help you. And if you wear this kind of makeup, you'll look better. 
I'm going to tell you, someone, I don't care how much you make up your I, I know, I know, you know, Greek God myself, you know, look, so I can say it. Some women, it doesn't matter how much makeup they put on, it ain't going to help them none at all. You know, that horse that left the barn, and they might as well not for, just forget about it. But now, if you do this, or you wear this, or, or you do your hair this way, amen, I, I, uh, I always do my hair the same. But, uh, last night we gave the boys a shower, and the hair was wet. And so we got the hair dryer out, drying the hair. And I thought, I haven't used a hair dryer in a long, long, long time. Amen. With me, by the time I got the hair dryer plugged in, what's left of my hair is dry. And if you do this, or you do that, y'all laughing. If you do this, you do that. Amen. I'm looking at these girls across here. You know what? You know what's beautiful about them is their holiness. That's their beauty. I'm telling you right now. In the beauty of holiness, the gorgeous, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Amen. Prettiest girls in the world. Amen. In the beauty of holiness. You're not a pretty girl, Joel. She's a good looking young man, but you're not a pretty girl. Dear Lord, have mercy. <laughs> you make an ugly girl. But anyway, so. <laughs> and so. They do whatever they can, anything to make their life better. If you get more money, you, you'll be happier. If you, if, you, if you pursue more pleasure, you'll be happier. And, and, and so on. And he said, they, he said, come together, you that have escaped of the nation. Those that have, have come out from among them. Yes, sir. Those that have separated yourself from the sin and idolatry of the world. He said, they have the nations, the world. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image. That worship all of these things. If you vote this guy in, or you don't vote that guy in, or you do this, or you do that. It'll say, they pray unto a God that cannot save. He said, bring them near. Let them take counsel together who declared this from ancient times. Who told it from the time. Have not I the Lord... There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none God. There, there's no God. There's none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. If you read this verse of scripture, you're going to begin to realize that there is only one God. There's not two, there's not three, there's not a half a dozen, there's not a council of them in the heavens. He said, I am the Lord. Amen. There is no God else beside me. Beside me there is no Savior. Look unto me, for I am God, and there is none else. I've sworn by myself. Right, right. Yep. I have sworn by myself. Not in a council of three. Not in a council of 
Not in any kind of company. By myself. Like, who is this God? That unto me. Right. If you haven't figured out who this God is yet, you, you need some work. <laughs> right. Unto me, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall swear. You begin to read through the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word. Right. And the Word, we're talking about who is this God? A couple of questions. Who is this God and what is His name? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, the very expression, the very representation of God was made flesh. The Logos who dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There is a God in heaven, but we're getting down to brass tacks as to who that God is. Amen. In John 14, it says, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Amen. What, did he, what was he saying? He who has seen me has seen God. Amen. In Colossians 2, he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all. Amen. He said before in Isaiah, he said, I swore by myself. For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead, bodily and yet complete in him. First Timothy 3 and 16 said, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed up in the world, received up in the glory. Colossians 1 and 15, speaking of Jesus, says, Who is the image of the invisible God? Hebrews calls it the express image of his person or the exact representation. So who is the God that Isaiah 45 is talking about? And what is that name? Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. But there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. And then Philippians 2 and 9 it says, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Wait a second. That at the name of Jesus. And what are we going to say right now? That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Amen. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ. Isaiah 45 said, God said. And Philippians tells us that. Jesus is the one that God was talking about. When he said, I swore by myself. He was talking about the word that became flesh. Jesus is God Almighty. There is a God 
I will come to you. Uh, and one day in 1968, amen, at an apostolic culture, I was filled uh, with the comforter when the Holy Ghost came in. And I spake the tongue. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus in my name. Hallelujah. Me and Will were talking one day. I began to talk about the name of Jesus. And he said, in a verse of Revelation, you might remember he said, Jesus is the name of God. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we stand here. Declaring the name of Jesus. Yes. Right. The Bible says that at that name, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. And there's going to be a point where every knee is going to confess. Or down every tongue is going to confess. I really want to be in the one, the, the, the bunch in Revelation 7, 9 that says, and I beheld a low and great multitude. I love this scripture. Yes, sir. Which no man can number. Yes, sir. You say the church is dead and God, oh, no, 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 no. There's some big stuff happening out there. There's a lot of fakers and frauds and charlatans that have fallen by the wayside, but the church is still alive and right. And I behold a, little, a great multitude, which no man can number. Now, I believe myself that, that this means I know that there will be a great falling away, but I also believe there is going to be a great revival of the Word of God. No man can number. And I love this. Of all nations and kindreds and people, God doesn't care who you are. He loves you just like you are. And tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. It's going to be that time. The Bible also says when the dead will come before the throne. The great white throne judgment. Daniel, and I've read Daniel earlier, but in the seventh chapter, the scripture says this, that if there's going to come a time, he says, I beheld one till all the thrones were cast down. That means that everything that has risen up and resisted the things of God is going to be subjected. There are men in our country and in our world that are fantastically powerful. Amen. They can say something and people jump to their win. There are people that can tell an army right now. Putin is over there. He's moving his army to the edge or the borders of Ukraine. Amen. Biden is moving troops to, uh, to Eastern Europe. And, and, uh, and, and China's over here. Xi, Xi, whatever his name is. He, he's over here saying, we're going to go across and we're going to attack Taiwan. And they've got massive, massive armies. But the Bible says uh, there's going to come a day when all the thrones uh, will be cast down. And the power of these men will be gone. And the ancient of days, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool, his throne was like fiery flame. Now I'm telling you, you just read the first chapter of Revelation. Yeah, you find out who that is. A fiery stream. 
His wheels burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And the judgment was set. And the books were locked. Now you're going to kneel before God at some point. It may be standing before the throne with that great multitude. It may be right here at the altar, whatever. Or maybe that day when you stand there. And you're in that long line before that throne. And the books are open. You realize, oops. Oh, let's stand and love the Lord right now. Jesus, we love you. There is a God in heaven, and I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost, His Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Why don't we begin to let the Holy Ghost move in our midst right now? Oh God, we need you right now. Oh Jesus, we need you right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, oh God. Someday we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I believe that there will be those that will stand before the judgment seat. There'll be those that live for God. God is judging their works. The scripture tells us that our works will be tried. And some may be burned with fire and will be saved. I believe that's those that have been raptured. And there will be a judgment.
Thrones are cast down. I want to stand before you. 